Freddie and the Z-Man. No? Right said Fred and the amazing Zandero. No? Xander Fred? Fred Ziffel and Arnold? Okay, I'm done messing around. This is Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. On a day that's this big for college football, you would have thought they would have given me and Xander the day off. <laughs> um, they almost did. We're here for an hour and a half leading you up to Alabama and Georgia here on ESPN 1000. And, um, Mark, we got a lot to talk about because um, there's a lot going on today. Besides college football, there's a lot going on today. Yeah, there is. Uh, everybody but the Bears and the Sox and the Blackhawks are, or I mean, I should say the Cubs are playing today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Blackhawks are in New York for a couple yep, of games. Yep, and after, and the Rangers uh, and the Rangers are tough. The Rangers are tough, but the, yeah, they had that OT uh, shootout win in uh, Washington. Yeah, and uh, they haven't won in Washington in a while, so that was a that was a nice little win for the Blackhawks, and they've mm-hmm. won like seven of ten since uh, Derek King took over as the uh, head coach. You know, still interim head coach, but we'll see how things all pan out there. The Bulls with a big matchup later on tonight. We'll talk about that and what it means for Bulls fans out there because the game the other day against the Knicks, it was the start of a uh, you know a swing through New York. They got Brooklyn tonight, and um, man, oh man, they had a 39-17 lead. I think it was in the first quarter, and then uh, it got interesting. The the Knicks got a one point lead in the fourth quarter, but the Bulls pulled ahead, and um, it's just fun to talk about Bulls basketball again with a smile on your face. It's it's actually weird, but it's a pleasant weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very weird because uh, we haven't done that for a long time. And I, I apologize for anybody that's wanting us to give you the update on the uh, Dr. Pepper uh, challenge because I don't know about anybody else. I'm watching um, Bayern Munich and um, Borussia Dortmund uh, in a big match in uh, soccer on my TV. I'm not sure what you're doing if you have a TV on, Mark. But uh, yeah, that, we don't. We did not watch the. Uh, Dr. Pepper challenge. So hopefully, uh, nah, really nah, yeah, I can't say that I did either. Maybe Sean did. Yeah, um, maybe we'll try and track that down. You can get through to us at 312-332-3776. You can listen on ESPN 1000 or 100.3 HD2 and the ESPN Chicago app, which is awesome. I had it out in my car the other day. I was listening um, because I was listening to Waddle and Sylvie and then I got out of my car to pump gas. So before I get out of my car, I dialed it up on my phone, which took me about six seconds, and um, listened to it as I was putting gas in my car because um, I didn't want to miss a minute. Of no, you don't want to miss a thing. But if you do miss a thing, there's always the podcast feature on that very app where you can catch up with what you missed. Yeah. And um, you may have missed me and Mark on Wednesday because we were on in place of Black and Abdallah, they had the day off. They had things going on. So um, Xander and I were on. And, Mark, a lot of radio people won't do this. But for the Cub fans listening now and for the Cub fans that were listening on Wednesday, I want to admit that I was wrong. I said immediately when – Hey, wait, 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 Sean. Do you have some special music to play (laughs) under this? I was wrong? Yeah, yeah, some kind of melodramatic – I'm sorry, so sorry. Maybe uh, yeah. Brenda Lee in there or something like that. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't. Uh, 
And I don't you'll find Brenda Lee anywhere. Yeah, probably not. ESPN archives. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. But yeah, you know, it, uh, I, I look forward to this. I just wanted to maybe set the stage if possible. So go on, Fred. And if you can find something yeah. to kind of put under you to kind of really set the mood of Fred saying, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm not I'm done. Sorry. I sorry, was, I'm not done. I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so why were you wrong, Fred? I was wrong when I said that I was not giving um, credit to the Cubs' newest signee. I was not giving Marcus Stroman credit at being a decent pitcher because I looking, I was looking at win-loss records. I knew his wasn't good over the last several years. Sure, then sure. I realized, yeah, then I realized he's like a top-10 pitcher in ERA, which is funny because, you know, you don't look at batting averages anymore in baseball. You look at on base percentage, but you do apparently look at ERAs, and I understand that. So I guess he had a top 10 ERA uh, in the National League. So kudos to the Cubs. Kudos for the Cub fans pointing it out to me. And uh, I went and did more homework and research on Marcus Stroman. Um, he pitched for some bad teams who couldn't get him wins. Now See, and that's the thing, is. right? Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. And, yeah. and, and, and you know what? You're right. Look, at, at first look, when you consider everything, you know, you could be it could be a little skewed, but he hasn't had the support. And and I look what the Cubs will be able to do for him. We'll see. But it certainly is. A, it's a good move for the Cubs where we didn't think yeah. maybe they would be doing something to that degree. Right. We were thinking about it. And as you as you look at it, it makes sense for the Cubs. You know what makes even more sense for the Cubs is if they spend money and get Carlos Correa as their shortstop. And then they have Carlos Correa and Nick Madrigal, and you figure out a place for Nico Horner to play wherever it Uh may be. And Uh uh, then you start solidifying the team and also get, you know, get some more pitching. Uh, So we'll see how things work out. But I I wanted to make sure I pointed that out because a couple of callers, listeners pointed it out to me. Oh, yeah, they did right away. (laughs) Yep, yep. And I wanted to make sure that they knew that, uh, you know, I'm one of those guys. I'll admit when I'm wrong. And, uh, you know, it doesn't It takes a big man and you are a tall guy. I am a big man, yeah. And it doesn't happen all that often. But I have to admit that I was wrong on that one. So now I cannot wait to see what Marcus Stroman looks like. Well, not what he looks like in a Cub uniform, because I don't know how people do it, but immediately it's you Photoshop on Twitter. It's yeah, Photoshop. Photoshop is amazing. What very talented? Five, yeah. Did they yeah. find another five foot seven pitcher and put it on? Put the uniform on a Marcus Stroman? So uh, yeah, I look. I don't know the magic. It's kind of voodoo. Yeah. I don't know what's happening, but I did notice it's it awesome. right away, and uh, it's it, and it looks very realistic. And it's yeah. uh, it's our new reality, right? We have Stroman on the mound on the north side, and the Correa possibility. It almost seems like that would be impossible for the Cubs to pull off just because of what we've seen from them. But who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe Horner would be uh, up for playing third base. Maybe he could do that, and we'd have uh, a hell of yeah. a hell of an infield on the north side. In the Sun-Times today, and I know it's kind of a sad day for a lot of baseball people. I was listening to Connor McKnight on White Sox Weekly earlier today, and White Sox Weekly will continue through this lockout that started on Wednesday night after we left the radio station. Mm -hmm. But the Sun-Times put a thing out together as the White Sox 2022 payroll, and they listed all the players, or at least a lot of them, the ones that make more than the league minimum. And then it talked about the payrolls, according to, you know, for all the other teams in baseball, the White Sox check in at fifth, 
at $169 million, and that is likely to go a little higher. The Cubs are, boy, I should have counted this ahead of time, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The Cubs are more than more than below the middle at $93 million. So you know what that means. The Cubs can afford um, a $32 million contract per year for a Carlos Correa. They the certainly could. Shortstop. Yep. A guy that can play shortstop in this league for a long, long time, and it would get the Cubs to this, that point quicker than you know waiting, uh, picking up a little guy here and a guy here. Carlos Correa is still there. There'll be no talks until this lockout's over. So now he's going to sit around and wait like the rest of the baseball uh, people, the rest of the baseball fans, the executives and everything, until something happens. Um, but as a baseball fan... This was always a great time because it was the baseball hot stove. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Now, At, do you think do you think Correa uh because of what happened with Seager is even worth more so than uh the yeah. projections? Yeah. Well, he's got you know when Seager got 10, 10 years at 30 325, I immediately said that's I thought that was Carlos Correa money and I think Carlos Correa is a better player. This is um, what I'm saying, right? So it yeah. may be it may cost a little more for a yeah. guy like that. But look, look to have somebody like that at shortstop, yeah, you know, as you mentioned, uh, Nick Madrigal at second base, they can yeah. uh, fill in with, uh, you know, youngsters. They're, the school of thought could be either you do what you do uh, in Sada Correa and fill in around him or you spread that money around. But what would make the biggest impact the quickest? I think a Correa right. would. Yeah, and what they did in the offseason so far, picking up Stroman, picking up Wade Miley to go along with, um, Hendricks and Alec Mills and Alzali and things like that. They're not there yet, but they're building. And, and, you know, I think we all know that when the Cub fans have a good team, people show up at Wrigley Field. We've seen that for a long, long time. The fans at Wrigley Field, in my opinion, and I'm not criticizing, but the fans at Wrigley Field over the last half dozen years have become wiser, foot, or baseball-wise. They don't go just to enjoy the fun at the friendly confines. Right, they right. It's, it's no longer the frat house, uh, frat house no. thing that no matter what's happening on the field, they pack it. They're starting to really, you know, they paid attention over the years to what is happening. Are they giving you a winning product? And if they're unhappy, they're showing it with not showing up, which is, you know, akin to what's happened on the South side for years. Yeah. It's one of the key ways of letting management know uh, in how any happy sport. or unhappy you are. Yeah, yeah. Yep. In any sport, I mean, football, too. We saw it earlier this year with hockey, with the Blackhawks, and then, unfortunately, it was piled on, you know, piled on with the, um, you know, the whole situation with Kyle Beach and all the other stuff. But we now see with the Blackhawks winning, they're getting, they will be getting, when they get back home uh, next week, they'll be getting big crowds, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure, at the United Center. I don't have much doubt that they're going to have nice crowds at the UC when they get back at home after this little road trip. Right, and it's been nice to see uh, Derek and uh, the team's success. You know, are they are they going to come from, you know, the doldrums all the way to a playoff spot? That's a pretty tall task. I oh, just sure. want to see them improve. I want to see them make some of the right moves uh, going forward. You know, we've heard uh, uh, the flower maybe being dangling, uh, dangled as a trade bait, as – as we get a little closer to midseason, we'll see if that happens. We may be sellers there. There's a lot of things that could happen. But the fact is we're starting to see them win. We're starting to see them perform as we knew that they could. And it just took a coaching change to kind of shake that up. Yeah, uh, the Rangers tonight and then the Rangers at home on Tuesday. 
The Blackhawks now with three games in the next four days. They that would be the games. Islanders on Tuesday, right? No, no, it's the Rangers. Unless unless the Sun Times was wrong. I'm reading it right off the. Sun oh Times. no no okay and no we've got the Islanders tomorrow so we've tomorrow got, uh, tomorrow yeah right. Monday off. So yeah, okay, Rangers gotcha. and Islanders on the road uh, the next two days. Then the Rangers coming in on Tuesday before yep. going to Montreal. So four games in the next six days. That's that's a lot of hockey. Uh, for you know, players that uh, one of the tougher sports to um, to play. That's why they do it. In Rest is rust. Uh, yes, yes. In, in uh, so we'll see how things go. We'll see how things go with the Blackhawks. You want to jump in three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're going to talk some Chicago Bears because the Bears are getting ready for a battle tomorrow. We'll hear from Matt Nagy as he talked about the uh, injury report and how things look gearing up for the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow along the lakefront. Uh, a noon kickoff. Still no word, definite word, as if Kyler Murray is going to play or not. I think the last we've seen is he's going to be a game-time decision. So if you want to jump in, 312-332-3776. We'll talk some Bears. We'll get in some Bulls. We're here till about 2.30, leading you up to the SEC championship game. Alabama taking on Georgia. Jump on in. You can get to me on Twitter at Fred underscore Hubner. And uh, me, Xander, Rocker, all one word, all one R in the middle. And we've got a Twitter poll that we will reveal when yes. we come back. Yeah, it should be fun. And uh, hopefully, I, I know I've already gotten a lot of people with some uh, write-ins, and we'll get to those and everything else. <laughs> right. It's Fred and Xander here on ESPN 1000. This is Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000, also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. So the Bears getting ready for Arizona tomorrow at Soldier Field. Fred and Xander talking about it here at ESPN 1000. Get to the calls in a second. 312-332-3776. Mark, I was talking to Linda this morning, my girlfriend, and (laughs) I said, um, she said, who do the Bears play tomorrow? I said they play Arizona, the best, the team with the best record in the NFL. And she laughed and she said, really? After barely beating the worst team in the NFL, now they play the best team in the NFL? I said, yeah, it is kind of humorous. Uh, hopefully yes, it's a it is. Of a better game than it could be, you know, because you barely beat, you know, a last-second field goal. Pun intended. The Lions. Yep, exactly. Of course, yeah. a last-second field goal helps you beat the um, you know the Detroit Lions. Now you got Arizona, but as of now, they're saying that Kyler Murray is a game-time decision at quarterback, and they're still not sure DeAndre Hopkins is going to play. The weather supposed to be rain and cold throughout the day tomorrow. So I've never believed in bare weather, but when you get a team from Arizona coming to Soldier Field, maybe that helps because these guys are not used to playing in bad weather. Yeah, but that's assuming that they all like live most of their lives in Arizona oh, for their entire right. lives, which is not the case. So I no. I get what you're saying. We're looking for anything that could help, just any possible thing that could help. But sure. when we played Baltimore and they weren't going with their starter, I said something to the effect of, do they feel like they need to, you know, can can they get by because they're playing the Bears, right? Right. Um, and right. and I wonder if that urgency is there for uh, Murray because you know it it the fact is that this is not a great team, and I know that they want to win, but can they get that done and get their uh, starters some rest? 
Yeah, hey, we'll see what happens. Arizona comes in nine and two. They're on top of the NFC West. The Rams are seven and four. Um, the 49ers, who who uh, the Bears, um, you know that that six uh, San Francisco is six and five, and um, so that's an interesting race. The Bears technically are still in it. Uh, they're only a game behind Washington, who's um, five and six. But uh, there's a bunch of teams there just all jumbled up. And I heard someone talking about it earlier this week that this is basically what the NFL wants. The NFL wants parity. The NFL wants battles all the way until mm-hmm. near the end of the season for the playoffs. And with the additional playoff teams, you're going to get these kind of battles all the way through, even if a team is 500 or just barely under 500. Well, so so is that good news for Bears fans that, uh, you, you know what, we don't look good, yet we're close to a playoff thing? Maybe we just have to lower our expectations. Yeah, there's always a possibility. <laughs> 312-332-3776. We'll talk more about that, Bears. We'll get to your calls in a second. First, want to mention the poll. You can find it on Twitter uh, at ESPN 1000, or you can also call and give us your answer. But my question today is, uh, which game are you most looking forward to this weekend? And we've got the SEC title game, uh, Alabama and Georgia. We've got the Bears and the Cardinals tomorrow. We have the Blackhawks in New York. That's two games. The Rangers tonight and the Islanders. Yeah, tonight. Islanders, sure. For one yeah. year. And then you have the Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets later on tonight. So which ones are you most looking forward to? You can vote on that on Twitter at ESPN1000 or also get to us here at 312-332-3776 like our guy Bear Fan Bob did. Bob, what's going on today? Hey there, Bob. Hey, guys. How are you? You know, Fred, I'm still waiting for you to bring Xander and a girlfriend to lunch because they'd love it. You know? Yeah, never mind. We'll find a a Tuesday coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, because I'd like to meet Xander. I ain't met him. He's probably the only one I haven't met. Anyways, (laughs) you know, bear weather. Yeah, I'm going to be out there, too, at that game. And I'm going to enjoy it just because I like going to Soldier Field. Long story short, the Bears can do this. I don't think they will, but they can. Two tight end set, three tight end set two back set and a combination of, you know, start mixing and matching and run the ball up the gut. You're going to have some opportunities there. Keep who's ever, you know, keep, keep Murray or whoever's the quarterback off the field is one way to win. Next thing for the defense, no penalties, three and out. You've got to have three and outs, you know, don't help the other team. You got another chance there. Also Mooney, go down the field, get some separation Andy Dalton will throw you the ball, unlike the other quarterbacks. You know, there's going to be some opportunity there a little bit. I know those cornerbacks are really, really good, but you're going to have to try, you know, go against some of the best and get better at it, and that's what we want to see, and I'll be looking forward to that. You know, and we'll see what happens. And if they don't do things like that, this game's going to be about 38-3 to in 15 minutes. So those are kind of my thoughts, and guys, have a great day. You too, Bob. Appreciate it, as always. You know, um, the, the bear. I mean, obviously, the best way to keep um, keep the score low is keep the ball. Uh, take take control of the ball. Run mm-hmm. the time of possession. Uh, run the football. And hopefully, tomorrow, if the weather is bad, if the field is bad, run run a um, you know a marshal throughout. Uh, marshal Montgomery throughout the game. Run Montgomery as much as you can. You got him. Sloppy weather. Um, see what happens in a game like this because. Uh, you want to keep that Arizona offense off the field if you can. Now, Arizona comes in with a good defense, too. Last I checked, right before the show, the Cardinals were a seven-point favorite. The over-under, 42-and-a-half. 
relatively low, but when the Bears score like 16 points a game, it doesn't, you know, you figure 16 and then give the other 40, you know, the rest of the 42 to the opposition. <laughs> right. um, so that's why they're going 42 and a half. But uh, yeah, running some, running some clock, ball control with David Montgomery, that would be a nice way to play. It seems like the that would be is, the thing to do, yeah. It, it does, but I watched the game the other day. I don't always watch Thursday night football, but I watched the Thursday game the other night with um, Dallas, and I'm sitting there trying to figure out Dallas has a lead, and all of a sudden their guy stops running the football. And Troy Aikman said, I'm not quite sure what the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, is doing. He said, they're, you're winning by 10. There's seven minutes to go in the game. You get five yards on the first down, and then you throw two passes. And it's like it's like a sickness in the NFL. Everybody has to throw the ball. They all have to stay away from the run and try to throw the ball and gain the yards that way. It's amazing to me. Finally, uh, they got another interception because the New Orleans Saints kept throwing the ball and kept throwing picks, and uh, the Cowboys ended up winning ultimately by 10, 27, 17. But, you know, Mark, it almost seems like an illness around all of the NFL. They have to. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I know it's pretty. I know it's more fun than running. I, I get all of that. But when you have somebody that is capable, and we have a couple of guys, we haven't mentioned Herbert, yep. you know, we haven't seen right. him so much since Montgomery's come back, but we liked what we saw from him. And I don't know why we can't use them, maybe not 50 50. But yes, run the ball more. It doesn't have to be pretty. I'm okay with it as a Bears fan. I want success. You know, yeah. let's let's get there. And if it means that we've got to keep the ball, um, you, you know, keep handing it, keep that ball on the ground, running it, I'm fine with that. And I don't know yeah. what it is that pushes everybody towards this. It's it's like a it's like a Fed, and it's going to take somebody coming in and breaking that and showing success for other coaches to go, wow, hey. And it's kind of weird. Yeah, and I appreciate the fact that the Bears have finally tried to take after some of the other teams in the NFL and establish some kind of passing game. They got their tight ends. They want to have established a passing game with Darnell Mooney. And oh, certainly. Not yeah. Gonna, yeah. You're not going to see Allen Robinson. It'd be, it's nice to be able to do those things. But in order, if you're trying to win games, and that's ultimately what the goal is of any football team is to win games, you're going to need to do it by what you have. And you mentioned yeah. Khalil Herbert, who we really haven't seen much since David Montgomery came back, and I would like. To I see don't understand that at all. I don't understand no. that at all. No, you know we have Allen, we have seventeen <laughs> tight ends, and we've seen yeah. a lot of them. You know what? Uh, why? Why is that? And it's so glaringly obvious that there must be a point that we're just missing, or it's just madness, and we all see through it. I can't decide yeah. which is which. Yeah, probably madness because it, it's re- it'd be really simple just to you know, take, you know, dominate the ball, get some yards on first down. The offensive line, the one thing the offensive line has shown they can do is they can actually run block, and they've done that pretty well with Khalil Herbert in the backfield. Another reason why there should be more running. More, yeah. you know what? And and you're right. The more we run, the better we are at setting up the pass, or that we should yeah. be. That's the way it's supposed to be. 312-332-3776. You want to jump on in? talk some bears we'll take a look at some of the things that are likely to happen or things you're likely to see tomorrow on the field as the bears take on the arizona cardinals a noon kickoff don't forget we've got meller and miller the uh, pregame show beginning at uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow as they get you ready for the game they will be out at the uh, points bet at hawthorne Racecourse tomorrow 
Then when the game is over, I'll be back here to break it down for you. Hopefully a Bears win, or at least a, a game where the Bears look good and have an opportunity to challenge the Arizona Cardinals. Fred and Xander, jump on in. 312-332-3776. This is Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. And now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2. This is Chicago's home for sports. So the Bears and Arizona Cardinals go at it tomorrow, and we're taking your calls, 312-332-3776. Mark, we were talking about um, Allen Robinson. He's doubtful. He hurt, he hurt his hamstring on the 39-yard reception against Pittsburgh a couple of games back, um, and he really hasn't practiced much at all. Um, he's got 30 catches this year for 339 yards and a touchdown. Not exactly the year he wanted to have, no, not at all. Franchise tag, no. And um, it's a shame because the Bears with him, that be- then Darnell Mooney becomes the number one go-to guy. And um, it's tougher as the number one because they can double-team you, and then the Bears have to look for other guys. Marquise Goodwin's not going to be able to play. He's already listed as out. Um, so they're going to have to try to figure out a way, if they want to move the ball through the air, to do it with, you know, an under understaffed uh, um, wide receiver core against Arizona tomorrow. Right, and Bear fan Bob brought up the point of, you know, really working in the tight ends even more so, and that could be a possibility, but the run game is there, you know, um, and, and possession is going to be key against yeah, this Mark, team. Matt Nagy uh, talked yesterday uh, to the gathered media talking about uh, what's going on on that injury report. Uh, good to see Roquan back out there some today. Uh, so we'll see where, where he's at. Most likely end up being a, a game-time decision for Roquan. And then uh, the good news here is that uh, intention to uh, activate uh, Tevin Jenkins uh, tomorrow. That's, you know, for, for us. So, you know, between uh, all of the injury stuff, I think for, for, um, for Tevin, he's worked really hard to get to this point. And now, you know, our intentions will be to, to do that and to, to activate him, which will be good. Uh, so Justin will end up being doubtful. Uh, Roquan Smith will be questionable. Cole Komet um, will be uh, uh, no designation expected to play. And then as far as um, – and then uh, A-Rob will be doubtful. Mario Edwards will be out. Goodwin will be out. Hicks will be out. And uh, Damian Williams will all be, will be out. Yeah, so there's a lot of guys on this injury report. Uh, the Roquan Smith is interesting because Smith back at practice and a lot of guys that have gone down with hamstrings for the Chicago Bears have been out for three, four weeks. Yeah, and Here's Roquan right. Smith, who's going to be down maybe a quarter or two. Uh, and that's that's important because he's the guy that really runs. He's the one guy in this defense that's there all the time for the most part. And uh, the one guy going forward that you know you have, that's 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 a starter. That's a, that's a pro bowler. In Roquan Smith, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and look, it's it's Bears football, right? It's it's the uh, Singletary Urlacher yep. thing. I mean, that's that's our guy now. We could really depend on him. And uh, you know, this whole Tevin Jenkins thing. I don't know if anybody thought that we would even see him anywhere near the field this right. season. So that's certainly promising for a few reasons. First, we really need him. Secondly, we really want to see what this kid can do because he was a, a draft pick that uh, Pace really took a chance on. Yeah, he's a guy that a lot of people thought was going to go earlier in the draft. He was still there when the Bears had a chance to take him. He had a back surgery. 
Um, we'll talk about Tevin Jenkins in a second. Back to Roquan for one second. Yeah. Um, he's fourth in the NFL in tackles. He's got three sacks, a pick six, and he's missed, according to Pro Football Focus, he's missed four tackles in 685 snaps. Eddie, Eddie that is Jackson impressive. Would, yeah, Eddie Jackson would love to miss four tackles for a whole year. I was going to say, uh, can you flip those numbers for Eddie? Not quite. Yeah, Not I quite, know. But... Um, that would be nice. But, you know, the thing with Tevin Jenkins, if you want to jump in, Bears fans, 312-332-3776. The thing about Tevin Jenkins is, with the addition of the fifth-round pick and Larry Borum playing the right tackle position, if Tevin Jenkins in the future is a guy that can play the left tackle, you got a left tackle in Jenkins, a right tackle in Larry Borum, and you can build with two bookend guys that hopefully will be there for a long time at the tackle positions. Um, I don't know that the Bears have had that in a long time. Um, they still have Cody White here, who I think is 29. Great article in the Sun-Times today talking about what they have going forward. Now, you've got Mustafer and you've got Daniels and you know things like that, but maybe Mustafer did it again last week where he went and snapped and the ball hit his leg and never got off, you know, never got to the quarterback's hands. I was here last week or two weeks ago. He's done it like four times this year already. Um, I like his enthusiasm. I like his hustle, but you know, your center can't be doing that. Can't be putting the team in up. bad yeah. positions. And um, so maybe they'll have to work on that. But when you look going forward, you've got, a, you've got your tight end in Cole Komet. You've got one of them. Uh, you signed Jesse James in the offseason. Jimmy Graham will be gone, though, you would think, after this season. But you have other guys, Jesper Horstead and J.P. Holtz. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you said 17 or however many. I think you have five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's just, my seven, when it's a lot, that's my number. The, my yeah. go-to number is 17 when anything's a lot. Yeah, and when they all seem to play uh, quite a bit because the Bears do use them also as yep. blockers in the backfield because they don't have any tight ends on the roster. So offensively, um, you're, you're going to be continuing to build. And you've got the guy in Fields. I mean, uh, Fields is 12 days after suffering cracked ribs. Uh, Dalton is expected to start tomorrow. Nick Foles as the backup. And um, Matt Nagy yesterday talked about Justin Fields. I think uh, I think progress is, is definitely the good word for him. Uh, you know, he being able to get out there in practice and, and throw the ball around and get used to doing the, the common stuff that you do. And now the biggest thing for him is just going to be being able to, to understand um, probably more than anything is just the, the pain management of how that, how things feel, you know, and um, we're obviously not going to go out there and, and hit him while he's running around in practice and, and see, but uh, so it's going to be a constant communication between him, our trainers, uh, myself, just to how, how he's feeling and how, how everything's going. But for this week, that's probably the, the, the best thing that, that we feel for between him, uh, us, our doctors, trainers. And so that's why we're fortunate in this situation to be able to have, um, you know, Andy and Nick in this situation. Was that close? Was he close to being able to start this week? I think he's definitely getting closer. Yeah, I, I, I uh, again, progress for him. And every day you just try to get a little bit closer. And then as we after we get through this game and we, we, we go ahead and see, okay, where are you at? Uh, we're going to you know, evaluate it next week, and next week should be better. So now we just have to figure out, you know, exactly from him talking to us as to how he feels. What does he say about how he feels the next day? What does he tell you? Yeah, I mean, he, that he's improving. You know, that's the biggest thing. And, and so um, I think 
there's there's when you come out here and you never know like no matter what the, the injury is there's always going to be some hesitation to when when it's your ribs just the simple things of throwing dropping back hand and stretching stretching out to hand the ball off you know whatever it is all that stuff has has been he's done he's improved with that and the pain has gotten better and better so we just keep communicating and uh, like i said the biggest thing is is you know that you can't simulate is getting hit you know in 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 practice so you just got to continue to monitor that and every day helps yeah there's there's no doubt you can't you can't simulate getting hit and uh without hurting him further yes yeah when you got cracked ribs you're not going to be doing that and the the interesting thing is tyler murray or kyler murray i'm sorry the uh quarterback for arizona he is a game time decision but this week as the bears were practicing and getting ready for him you had um you had justin fields as the scout team quarterback. So he portrayed what Kyler Murray does. So he ran around, but of course he wore the Jersey that said, don't you dare hit the quarterback. And, <laughs> right. um, so yeah, running around was and I, him running around. That's good. But when you got cracked ribs, I can imagine any kind of hit any, just imagine cracked ribs. I've never had cracked ribs. Um, but just imagine trying to roll over in the middle of the night. I, I, I tell ribs. you, I have not either, but I've known plenty of people who have, Breathing is an issue. Oh, my God. Don't tell them a joke because right. laughing is an issue. Sure. Sleeping is an issue. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty, you know, like every injury is uncomfortable. But I've got to think that that one is really uncomfortable in daily life because, you know, breathing is you can sit in a chair and rest your knee, but you got to breathe. Yeah, you do. 312-332-3776. What are your thoughts? If, in fact, Justin Fields was ready, would you have him on the field tomorrow against Arizona? Yesterday, uh, on the Waddle and Sylvie show, they had Jay Cutler on. Jay Cutler comes on every Friday. I think it's at 3 o'clock every Friday on the Waddle and Sylvie show. You can always go listen to the podcast uh, at Waddle and Sylvie on the um, ESPN Chicago app. Yep. Just grab it and go to the pot. Real simple to find. And, and the descriptions are great. You can find exactly yeah. what you're looking for. The description will say Jay Cutler. Go right there and hear yep. the segment like that. Yeah, it's great. So here's what Jay Cutler had to say about the possibility of Justin Fields playing when he was out with Waddle and Sylvia on Friday. No Justin Fields this week. Andy. Davis. I would shut down for the rest of the year at this point. You would. You why? Yeah, why not? Why, well, why not? I still think, don't you think there are still some things that he can gain, positive things, by being out there taking some snaps? If he, it's fine as well, long as they yeah, I think, I think I think it boils down to if you're keeping the coach or not. If you're keeping the coach, sure. Put him okay. out there and, no. you know, let's learn the offense. Let's go through the things. If you're not keeping the coach, shut him down and save him and make sure he doesn't get hurt. Have, I'm assuming you've been, I'm, I mean, memory is not serving me well, but you've been on teams where you are a 4-7 and seven team. How difficult yeah. is it to get out there? I mean, you're, everyone's a competitor. This is a job. You're yeah. a professional. But there's much less inspiration at 4-7 and seven than there is 7-4, and four, isn't there? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I and mean, I think the, the young guys have a hard time with that especially coming from successful programs. Like, they've never been in that situation where they're completely out of it and they're just playing. You know, you're, you're, you're playing for the guys in the locker room. And, you know, what we tried to tell those guys is, you know, there's very few players that just stay on one team their entire career. It happens, obviously, but it's, it's, it's a rarity. So, you know, you just got to let these guys know there's, there's 31 other teams out there that are watching this tape week in and week, week out. And, you know, if you shut it down in a year, like, they're – People are going to see that. They're going to know that. And that's, you know, word of mouth is 
it, it was pretty quick in the NFL. Well, I mean, so don't you, uh, like for me, uh, I would like to see Fields, whether Nagy's here or not, get up and, and go to Green Bay next week. I mean, he is not experienced with that atmosphere as like Sunday night football up against Aaron Rodgers. I want to see him go to Minnesota, play a division game there. You don't think there are still lots of like, lessons? What do you want to see happen? I want to see him continue to improve. Well, I mean, do you think that's possible? I do. I mean, um, why? I, well, I don't think. Look, I've I've really gone after Nagy hard. I think DeFilippo's yeah, I mean, literally since the year started. Before the year started. <laughs> before the year started, he should not have been a last coach. Year. I'm still shocked that you like him. I, that's what I, yeah. I'm. I'm still shocked by that. But like you know, DeFilippo knows how to be a quarterbacks coach. I still think there are valuable lessons that he can reps. learn in his rookie. Yeah, I'm yeah, with you. I, reps, think, yeah. I think you could get reps out there and. Like the little things that you know, learn to be a professional. I think that yeah. there are some positives that can they can you know take out of playing the, the last several games. No, absolutely. And I mean, I agree with you guys. I mean, and, and that's the debate: it, it, is it hey, you get reps, you get you know, you, you learn how to be a pro, you learn how to play in Green Bay and these Sunday night games, and then you weigh that against all right, like we're going to throw him out there, and we might not be successful. He might throw three picks. He might get hurt he you know might get sacked six times again so you, you've got to weigh that and be like all right like is this really worth us doing this or not and you know i'm not in the meetings week in and week out so it, it's it's hard for hard for me to say but yeah. i think looking from the outside in i'd be like shut it down there's no reason for this we've talked i mean, to there's, you. I, mean there's, I mean think about it. let's think about this let's talk about aaron i mean he watched pretty much for three years and then rolled out there and was pretty damn successful. So it, it, getting reps as a rookie isn't the tell-all of a successful quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I, but I, I still would like to see it happen. I want to ask you about Kyler Murray. Um, I literally thought, just destroyed your whole argument. You and all, you said is, all you said was, yes, I want to see that. No, no, look, I could stay on this. I, I, think, I think it's a good test for him. And I think the okay. one thing that he has shown is what you said, Waddles pointed this out, that he is not scared to get back on yeah. the horse. Whether it's that ass-kicking he took in Cleveland, right. he could come back against Detroit. Um, I think getting sure. on the same page with Darnell Mooney, um, yeah. just you know, learning. How, how about just being on the field and, and going through progressions and learning how to better read, more effectively read a defense and seeing things that are coming at you? Not at the expense of getting your ass kicked every Sunday, right. but that may happen in a certain way anyway. But he's also, Jay, he's got to learn how to protect himself. And the only way he's yeah. going to do that is by playing as well. Yeah, I mean, he's got to learn his protections. He's got to learn where his hots are. He's got to learn where his problems are, you know, at the snap of the ball. And I think he's got a little ways to go in that. And, I mean, you're right. You guys are definitely right. It's just there's another side of this that I'm not I'm, – I'm kind of weighing that one more than playing them. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Um, but – uh, injury versus experience, it sounds like. But that's the, that, that's, that's well, what you have I to mean, decide. Well, but, I mean, then, he, you know, he's going to learn a system, and then maybe next year he's going to learn a completely different system. So, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of factors. Yeah, Jay's familiar with learning different systems. He had a bunch of different offensive coordinators he with did. the Chicago Bears. Um, I, I, I agree with Sylvie and Waddle in this one. I think as soon as he's ready to be out there, he got to be out there. Um Mark, we can talk about it when we come back. 312-332-3776. I'd love to see Fields out there. 
Uh, Andy Dalton probably gives the Bears a better chance to win tomorrow. But um, going forward, uh, as a member of the Chicago or as a fan of the Chicago Bears, I think you need to see Justin Fields get out there and 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 learn. I know a lot of people that are Ohio State fans says he doesn't need to learn. He knows everything. No, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> no, he doesn't. It's no. an interesting look. It's an interesting issue that we'll dig into after the break because, as Jay mentioned, there are some uh, you know extenuating factors, including the coaching yeah. staff. Yeah, you want to jump in, 312-332-3776. You have other thoughts about the Bears game tomorrow, we'll do that. And on Justin Fields when we return after this. Fred and Xander. On ESPN 1000. Also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. So the Bears and Cardinals, you just got done listening to Jay Cutler talking with Waddle and Sylvie. And it was funny, Mark, how <laughs> Waddle and Sylvie, I think we're surprised that Cutler said, sit him down uh, the rest of the year. And oh, they, they definitely were. Jay. <laughs> they, de- they definitely were. I thought were. that was quite funny. And, and, and Sylvie's surprised that Jay is uh, good with Maggie, which is a bit of a surprise. But uh, you know what? Look, this guy, uh, <laughs> you know, and he, he went through a lot of, offensive coordinators and different schemes and everything. And I yep. wonder if it, if he just had somebody consistent over the years, what we would have saw, but that's neither here nor there, you know, him saying that shut down fields. If the coaching staff is not going to be in place, that makes sense. But how do you go to the coaching staff and, and tell them without basically, right. you know, tell it, telecasting what you're going to plan to do which maybe they already yeah. know it's really an interesting situation but for the development of fields he's got to play he's not going to develop sitting there and i know the aaron Rodgers thing of him sitting there and watching and everything but we're discounting that aaron Rodgers was going to be a great quarterback probably no matter what situation he came into yeah I mean, there was always situations where a quarterback will got got the opportunity and performed well when they had the chance, but they were there and learned for, you know, by being the backup. And then there are other guys who took a beating. Troy Aikman took a beating his very first year, and he learned and came back out. And right. um, But I don't think, you know, I don't, football fans aren't as as comfortable with that happening anymore. Um, you know, they want their quarterback to go in there, and they want good things to happen right away. Uh, well, sure. Every, well, look, that's world. just society. That's society. We right. want what we want when yeah. we want it, and we want it now. Yeah, you want you want the uh, you know the, the very very good offense on demand. Uh, yes. Let's see yes. what uh, caller Bob. Let's see if we can get to Bob from uh, Lagrange here on ESPN with Dallas. Hey there, Bob, buddy. What's up? Yeah, that's the cover that got all that money from the Bears. They kept signing him with that smug look on his face. <laughs> didn't act, act, act like he didn't care. But why is he worried about Fields? getting real good because Fields is a quarterback that came in, can make all the throws that he could make and better and could run better and real sharp. So he's going to be the talk of the town. Colors don't want to see that ever did it. Shut him down. They only got three or four more games. And what would you shut him down for, Color? If he's well, why, why don't he say if he's well, let him play so he can learn? What do you, what do you mean shut yeah, him down? Don't. I, I mean, come on. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. And I think Mark agrees with you, too. 
And I know Waddle and Sylvie do. As soon as you're healthy, you got to get him out there because right. he's got to learn how to work with the tight end. He's got to learn how to work with the offense because you're not going to overhaul everything. You're not going to get all new guys. Sure, you might get new plays, but you know what you'll get? You'll get the same guys running plays from a new coach. So I think as soon as he's healthy, once you made the decision to play him this year, you got to play him as often as possible. Look, don't you no matter possible? what, experience is experience, and you only get yeah. that on the field playing and working through everything. Like Waddle said, he has to learn how to protect yeah. himself too. Yeah, and you can't do that by sitting uh, on the bench. Yeah. And he's got to learn to stop turning the ball over and don't fumble mm. the ball, protect the ball more often. You know, when he was playing at Ohio State, he had a tremendous offensive line. He had tremendous everything because these guys were the best in the Big Ten. And um, all of a sudden, you know, you go to the Bears and it's not the best right now. Yeah, they may be the best the Bears can get but not necessarily the best around all of football. Bob, appreciate the call. As always, 312-332-3776. You want to jump on in? Keep talking, Bears. I want to get into some bull stuff. We're here leading you up to the uh, SEC championship game. Alabama, George, you can hear that one right here. Uh, we'll take you all the way up to the pregame show, which begins at 2.30. Fred and Xander back in about two minutes on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Now, back to more Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Okay, I mentioned Mark uh, earlier in the week or last week when we were together. I know I did earlier in the week, too. I actually think the Bears can win four of the next six games. And this was not when I was drinking, either. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, what was the APV on that beer? Yeah, um, they play the Cardinals. I don't expect them to win. Then they go to Green Bay. But their last four games of the year, the Vikings have shown they're not nearly what you thought they were going to be. They play them twice. Yep. The day after Christmas, they're at Seattle to play the Seahawks. Yep. And on the day after New Year's, they are uh, at home against the Giants at Soldier Field. Um, these are not good teams that they're playing. Um, I, I really think that they they can win these. Now, the question is, uh, do you want the Bears to go 8-9 and nine this season? If they go 8-9, and nine, is there a chance they decide to keep Matt Nagy and just build off of this? Uh, I don't know if that's a possibility, but I guess everything's in the, in the range of possibilities. Well, right, right, right. What was Lovey's record when he got fired, 10-6? 10-6. and six? Ten and six. Ten See, and six. Uh, look, I, I would hope that they understand for – Success today or whenever they make that decision and beyond, they have to make very deep changes, and that would include. So eight and nine cannot be something that saves this regime for me. You would hope not, right? You would hope and right. hope that wouldn't be the case. Um, they, they've got – it's weird because uh, the national audience gets to see two more Bears games. The Bears on December 12th against the Packers. Uh, that is uh, next Sunday night. And then the following Monday, uh, the Bears are hosting the Vikings at Soldier Field on December 20th um, mm -hmm. before three straight Sunday games that, uh, at the Seahawks on the 26th, uh, hosting the Giants on the 2nd, and then at Minnesota to wrap up the season on the 9th. And I talked to some people about that, and I said, well, yeah, I said, uh, the last Bears pregame or postgame show I'll do will be on January 9th. And people said, what if they make the playoffs? And then the person that said it actually was my brother, he was on the phone with me, and we both started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. At this, this point, before, it sounds laughable, but yes, it, it could and, happen. 
Stranger things have happened in the NFL, and now when you add extra playoff teams and things like that, you add an Mm. extra game. And then you look at the standings, and really quickly, I want to grab these. And callers, hang in there. 312-332-3776. The top teams in the divisions, Dallas in the east at 8-4, Tampa in the south at 8-3, Green Bay in the north at 9-3, and and Arizona in the west at 9-2. The second-place teams, the best second-place team is the Rams at 7-4. After that, you've got five and six Minnesota, five and six Atlanta, five and six Washington, um, and the Niners committed six and five as a third place team. So the Bears are right there. Um, and it's amazing because the NFC is not necessarily the conference they thought it was going to be. And um, you put, you string some wins together, there's a possibility you make, you make the postseason. Now, people right. would say, What's the difference? What's the point? They're not going to win the Super Bowl. That's not that's not what the players can worry about. That's not what the coaches can worry about. All they worry about on a weekly basis is winning games yep. and trying to play as long as they can. Right, and uh, fans will do that, and, and I'm included. When you look at that, it's like, man, you know, what is the point? But getting into the playoffs means at least a bonus game, if not more. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, but, you know, we don't have any illusions of a – a championship this year. But again, that's the way the coaching staff and the players, they have yeah. to consider game by game, win by win, just go until, until it's over and we'll let yeah. everything else just kind of figure itself out. Yeah. It's the first, it's the first week of December. And that means that earlier in the week, the coach of the year, coach of the month and all players of the month and all that stuff were handed out and the bears got the defensive player of the month. And Robert Quinn. And it's so nice to see a guy like Robert Quinn, who we just, he was basically a punchline last year. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. he got a sack. In well, for game. some of the penalties this year, that uh, that oh joke's still floating yeah. around. I'm glad yeah. he didn't win an award for that. Yeah, but you know what? His his sacks are up. He's, he's playing yeah. very well defensively. Uh, and the Bears need it. Without Khalil Mack, uh, they need to get him playing very well. And he is. Uh, he had five tackles and one sack last week in the uh, Thanksgiving Day game against the Lions. Uh, 312-332-3776. You want to talk some Bears? We'll get to your calls as we go to the south side. of Mike, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mike. Hey there, Mike. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I, I first of all, I was never a big fan of Phil starting this year because of the offensive line and how porous it is and, and really how, you know, they just can't hold up. And with a rookie quarterback not being able to pick up hots and the whole deal, I knew it was going to be a struggle for him. Considering that, still, the offensive line is as horrible as it is. I just think that I, I, he's not fragile. He's, you know, I, he's, a, he's a, you know, a grown man. He, he can play the game. He, he can get out there. I just think that the reps that he's getting are not going to be good reps. All reps aren't good reps. These are going to be very poor reps that are not representative of, of what an offense should really be about. And I just think they should just show, and you know, for the rest of the season, I'm with Cutler. So, and, but you, like you said, though, you were a guy that thought he shouldn't play coming into the season. You thought they should have stuck with Andy Dalton for the whole year. Absolutely. As, I mean, now, now and here's the question. Yeah, okay. Mike, real quick. Uh, okay, so if by that uh, train of thought, should Foles have come in to spell Dalton when Dalton got hurt? You know what? Honestly, yes. They had him okay. on the roster. He should have played. Foles should have played. Okay. 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 Well, you know what? You're consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, you're consistent. We'll see how it plays out. We appreciate the call. 
312-332-3776. Our pleasure. And uh, it's um, it's interesting because basically my feeling was if you were a person who said he should get out there and play, that once he's healthy, you shouldn't change. He should still be out there and ready to play. But if, if, in fact, like Mike said, Mike from the South Side, if you were a guy that said, listen, I don't want him out there yet, let him learn, let him learn behind a guy like Andy Dalton and mm-hmm. uh, take practice reps and run the scout team and everything else, and then when he's ready, get on out there, that's fine. I understand that. That's That was, you know, it's funny, Mark. You, you've been in uh, music radio for a long time. I've been in sports radio for a long time. And it's two of the things that there really isn't, there really isn't right or wrong answers on a lot of. No, things. it's all subjective that's, on, on yes. both sides. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Very subjective, and that's what that's what makes uh, sports radio and even just sitting in a bar uh, talking about your music and your favorite yep. music. That's what mm-hmm. makes these to- these two topics so interesting because everybody has their own opinions on what they like, what they don't like, and and, and like nobody's really and nobody's wrong. No, nobody's no. wrong because you can look at in many, many different ways. And what Mike said was very interesting, and he was consistent, and I really give him credit for that. It's like when Dalton got hurt, then you go to Foles. That's a hard plan. And when Matt has said, we're sticking to our plan, that never made sense to me because as we saw, the plan changed, it Uh seemed. So if his plan was chaos, well, then he stuck to his plan. But it didn't seem like a plan that he that he started with and he's continuing with. I think that he's had his hand forced by a a few different reasons, a few different uh, situations have put him where he is now. It's been a very confusing year. And I hope Fields, as we move on, whether he gets on the field right away or they rest him, whatever, I would like to see him play. I just hope that he's in a better situation next year where he can really – have some uh, focus and learning and consistency because this year's been a little bit crazy. Yeah, there's no doubt. 312-332-3776. Khalil Mack is down. We heard uh, Akeem Hicks will not play. Allen Robinson's doubtful for the game. Um, Marquise Goodwin not playing. Also, uh, uh, Mario Edwards is out for the contest. There's a lot of players out for the mm-hmm. Bears, and we'll see what happens when they take on Arizona tomorrow. 312-332-3776. They are, uh, the Bears are getting seven points. Uh, the over-under, again, uh, 42 and a half. Um, the 9-2 and two Cardinals against the 4-7 uh, and seven Bears. And I'm very, very happy because tomorrow, and um, I love watching Bulls games uh, this year. We're going to talk about the Bulls in just a little bit if you want to jump on in. But Adam Amin, local kid, Went to school in Addison, um, and now he is the Bulls play-by-play guy. And mm-hmm. listening to him and Stacey King is a treat. And this Sunday, tomorrow, you get to listen to him for the second time doing a Bears game. As Adam Amin, and I think it's Mark Slareth, will sit down and do the Bears game. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun because Adam does a great job. He does. He's a tremendous broadcaster. It's great listening to him on the uh, Bulls broadcasts. And now it was funny, early in the year, he wasn't sure if he'd get any Bears games. Now he gets a second one. And if if you're Adam and Schlereth, do you, do you figure, oh, hold it. Are we getting this game because it's the Bears? Or are we getting this game because it's a, still a high-profile game with the Arizona Cardinals? I guess 
There's a. I think we know the answer to that. <laughs> well, I, I, it's a good question. I know there's. I know they have them stacked. You have your number one broadcast team, your number two, three, four. But um, listen, when there's only like four or five broadcast teams in the National Football League for Fox, and you're one of them, that's uh, that's pretty damn good. You're and, you're uh, doing okay. A, yeah, it's always fun listening to Adam Amin do Bears games. We get to hear that tomorrow. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I mentioned the Bulls, and the Bulls had a really nice win over the Knicks the other day. They knocked them off a final of 119 to 115. The uh, game got close as uh, New York scored, uh, outscored the Bulls by 12 points in the third quarter. And uh, actually in the second half, they outscored the Bulls by 16 points. So they came back after the Bulls had a nice halftime lead of 69 to 51. 69-51 at half. I was watching the game, and at the intermission, when they went back to the studio, Jason Goff and Kendall Gill, the points bet halftime spread was the Bulls minus 14. Now That's crazy. Well, you know what? Yeah, it was, except what's crazier is that I didn't take it, and people I know didn't take it, because the Bulls have a hard time, like most teams in the NBA. When you go to the break with a big lead like the Bulls had. And you're not at home. And you're not at home. Right. Rarely does that hold true. And uh, it didn't hold true on this one. Like I said, the game got to a point where the Knicks actually did take a one-point lead in the fourth quarter of the game. But the Bulls are so fun to watch as a team this year. And just two years after um, our our tourists took over and uh, they get their new general manager, you've got guys like DeRozan and Vucevic and Lonzo Ball and Levine and it's just so much you got Alex Caruso who again in that game the other day had four steals uh in the game uh running around stealing the ball from the Knicks just a fun fun game to watch in what Adam Amin mentioned numerous times the mecca of basketball basically uh Madison Square Garden and it was fun to see the Bulls go there and get a win over Tibbs and the Knicks mm-hmm yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, to see them in uh, the garden and to be able to do that. And, and the line indicated that it was not going to go that way for the Bulls. And yeah, uh, that was a nice, half, that was a nice victory. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So yeah. that's a real nice victory. And it is it's a pleasure to be able to talk about the Bulls and be very confident about what they're doing and see what they're doing and seeing the pain. You know, paying dividends of uh, what Billy Donovan has brought to it and, and the upper management, the players that they've assembled. It was a – and I, look, I'm not going to say it's been a complete turnaround because we're still in it, but it's been a nice switch from a couple years ago. Yeah. And it's quick. Yeah, very nice. It, it was quicker than, you know, some other transformations we've seen. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's nice to go game by game, but, boy, it's looking good and it's fun. It's a complete game. When we come back, I want to see if any of the listeners want to jump on in. Is this a um, is this a game where you you look at the Brooklyn Nets and you say, "Listen, this is where we measure ourselves. We we we're trying to measure up and see where we are uh, in the Eastern Conference." You're playing the Brooklyn Nets, a team that many people expect to be finished one or two or three in the top of the Eastern Conference. I think so. Measurement game. Yeah, yeah I we'll think take so. Your calls three one two. Three three two three seven seven six. We'll take a what. We'll take a look at what points bet has the game set at, and we'll also take a uh, look at our final results from our poll question. Don't forget, we've got Alabama Georgia coming up 
Bottom of the hour, 2.30 is the pregame show. You catch it all right here on ESPN 1000. You're listening to Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for sports. Live stream ESPN 1000. Or take a listen to our other shows on demand. It's the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Well, we got one football champion here in uh, Chicago. Or in Illinois, I guess. Hold on a second. My ESPN volume just kicked on. Um, and that is Northern Illinois. As they are uh, winning the MAC championship over Kent State. It's 41-17. Under two minutes to go in the game. So, uh, they'll be go Huskies. in the be Yeah, Fatties is going to be crazy. Night. Yeah, like they don't party in the Calv every Saturday night. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, it's going to be extra. <laughs> extra. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that'll be nice to see. Um the Bulls, I looked at the line during the break. The Bulls are a, a two-and-a-half-point underdog against the Brooklyn Nets later on tonight. The total points is 222. Um, the Bulls had a lot of a lot of uh, help on offense the other day. The big guy, Vucevic, is uh, starting to score. He did it with 30 points against the um, uh, Charlotte Hornets a couple games ago, and then he had 27 against the Knicks. Uh, the other day, DeMar DeRozan leading the team in scoring with 26.3. Zach Levine, 25.4 scoring average. And um, DeRozan just takes games over in the fourth quarter. It was nice to see. And uh, like we were talking about, uh, it's it's nice to see. You look at it. The top five guys, um, DeMar DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic, Ball, and Caruso. Mm-hmm. All guys acquired. Okay, uh, not guys that the Bulls drafted, guys they went out and got. Patrick Williams is uh, is hurt. Colby White uh, has COVID. Io DeSumo is a guy that's been getting a lot more minutes now because uh, Colby White's down, and DeSumo has been playing really well all season long, uh, especially defensively, and had a wonderful alley-oop to Alex Caruso the other day in the game against the Knicks. But um, the Bulls got new management. They went out and got new players, and now all of a sudden you look at the Bulls, and they're putting up good victories and games where, you know, everyone's taking notice. I know that yesterday, um, uh, or at the game the other day, Stephen A. Smith was there, and he talked about the game afterwards. I guess Zach Levine walked past him at the Garden and say, I know you don't think we're going to win. He goes, but I'm going to disappoint you because we're going to get the victory. And uh, the Bulls did come out a four-point <laughs> winner. Gotta yeah, like nice that. To, yeah. yeah, you definitely do. 312 332 3776. Let's get back to the phones. couple of uh, callers before we take a look at how our um, poll results went. Let's go to uh, Duke from Laporte. Hey, Duke, what's happening? Hey, hey there. Hey, guys. Long time listener, first time caller. Love you guys, station. Love right you guys. Thanks. Great to hear All from right. you. First and most important thing, I got two things real quick. One for the Bears, one for the Bulls. Okay. For the Bears, I want to start a movement, guys. What do you guys think? Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning as, is the new guy. As, as Coach as or GM or just coach, you know, vice versa, whatever. And, uh, yeah, GM. I, I, look, I, I would take him in either position. I think he'd probably right. be really well suited for a GM. One Some of the smartest just, football guys ever to me, you know? Yeah. Some people say they would like him as a uh, basically a director of football you know, operations. He makes you make right. all the football moves. And um, right. you know, not a, a, I wouldn't mind him worse. as coach. Guys, I wouldn't mind him as coach, though, because think about it. The way he knows offensive football, but also think about his mind, how he knew what defenses attacked him 
and right. what defenses were, you know, how to do also you know the defensive side of the football is what he studied, you know, also being a, you know, great offensive quarterback, obviously to design offense, but I wouldn't mind him on the sideline as well, guys. I don't know. I yeah. want to really be, start that, that movement and put that name out there. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't interesting, cap- Duke, but I, I, I wonder, you know, why he hasn't been snapped up if that was something he was open to already. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I know. I know. Cap has brought it up a lot. He thinks that would be a good gym. What was your Bulls? This, uh, yeah, real quick on the Bulls. First off, give their management big props. Love the the new uh, management and the guys upstairs. Mm-hmm. But a big guy. You guys think when we come up to it at the very end, who are the two guys we're the most worried about? And that's Giannis and Kevin Durant. Because I think right. Caruso is a nice matchup on Harden. You know, I think he holds his own on the defensive side with Harden. But we got to stop Giannis. So. Who's the guy we could possibly get rid of? It's got to be Kobe White, right? Maybe a couple picks. All we need is a big guy that plays defense, rebounds, hustles. You don't got to be a scorer, obviously. We got tons of those. We need a defender to get on Giannis. You know, Patrick Williams would have been a good one. Yeah. But, you know, I guess, you know, he's lost. So we need a guy like that, you know, a little more defensive, you know, rebounding. I think we can do it then. That's the guy That's the guy we're missing. I do appreciate the call. Yeah, yeah thanks, buddy. Point. Yeah. I know it's. I know the Bulls obviously need help. They need help rebounding. They need some more size. They don't have a lot of height. We knew that going in. But you look at the Eastern Conference standings right now, and the game tonight, the Bulls at Brooklyn. Brooklyn's the number one team in the East right now, sixteen and six. The Bulls are a game and a half back at fifteen and eight. Uh, this is a game everybody in the NBA is going to be taking a look at. It'll be featured on ESPN, I'm sure. It'll be one of the first things you see on highlights and everything else. This is a big step, and I'm just wondering if, in fact. This is a, uh, a measuring stick game for the Bulls. And if they feel that way, or Billy Donovan does, I think at this point in the season, after this being just their 24th game uh, of an 82-game schedule, I, it may be a little bit early, but I guess maybe this will let you know where you are at this point. Right. And look, Billy Donovan's going to say, hey, it's another game we have to win. We're not thinking of it in any other way. But, yeah, you know, what? looking at this matchup, it, yeah. it is a good test. It's a solid test to see what's up. And we do have a couple of needs that, you know, hopefully we'll be addressing at some point because we may be just those couple of needs away from being a serious contender because right, right now we're looking good already. But as you said, the rebounding, we need, we need some size. We need yeah. some size. Yeah, there's no doubt. Size is a definite must for this team. Before we get out of the way for SEC title game, uh, Alabama and Georgia. Let's take a look at our final poll results today. Uh, we put a poll up there on ESP, at ESPN uh, 1000 on Twitter. Which game are you most looking forward to this weekend? And then we said the SEC title, the Bears-Cardinals tomorrow, the Blackhawks in New York. We gave you two games for the Blackhawks. They play the right. Rangers tonight. Well, and, yeah, and on the island tomorrow. The Islanders tomorrow. Yeah. And then the Bulls at Brooklyn. Uh, Sean, how'd that play out? Well, the SEC championship game came in at 44.2%, Alabama-Georgia. Right behind that, it would be Bulls-Nets tonight. And what, okay. was that, what was that percentage, just for the heck of it? 30. 30? Yeah, okay. pretty good percentage. All yeah, right. Not bad. Bears, Cardinals now, third, and the Blackhawks came in last. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. But, you know, and until the, right now, until the Blackhawks actually start uh, proving that they can win and be successful and be in the, uh, in the playoff race, it's going to be a little ways behind. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the SEC title, I had people calling me. My guy, Fat Mike, called me right before the show, wanted to know who I thought was going to win 
And I said, oh, I don't know. You know, uh, you want to ask me NFL stuff? You want to ask me? <laughs> right. But, so, but, me but he, had to, yeah. he had to have gotten an answer out of you. So what was it? I said, I hope that um, Georgia wins because I'm tired of Alabama. That's what I said. You know, it's so, funny. Uh, you, you've got uh, Abdallah, who's all about Alabama, right? And yep, then you've got yep. Hood, who's all about Georgia. I know. I think I, I, Georgia's heavily favored. I think they're going to they're gonna win. We'll see. It's always a good game. We'll see what happens. Yep. Um, Mark, fun working with you as always. Don't forget, we got the SEC title game. I'll be back yep. tomorrow as we'll have the uh, Bears post game after the game. And don't forget, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, heck, after you listen to Jeff Miller on Fantasy Football at 8, 10 o'clock, it's Miller and Miller. They got the Bears pregame show. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the SEC title game. Thanks to Sean Davis for his help and all the callers right here on ESPN 1000.